Welcome. It's Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights here with Dave Slipka. We're going to talk about a player who has recently passed away, so a little bit of a tribute. But Dave's one of my friends, not just a Chicago friend, but when I think of Chicago, I, th- I think of Dave. Dave, welcome to the show. I've got other sponsors that you're uh, fully aware of. Tops Panini and Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, Huggins and Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Card, Burbank Sports Cards, ComC.com, and then Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So welcome, Absolutely. Dave Slipka. Great uh, to be here again. Thanks, Jim. Chicago, Gil Sayers probably was before your time in the sense of his career was so was so brief anyway. But what's the Chicago lore about Sayers? I'm sure he was loved. Absolutely. He he was his career ended just uh, a couple of years before my sports consciousness and collecting began. But his short career and his legendary status in the 70s and 80s, these are days before YouTube and all these accessible, even before the VHSs and stuff. And so you really only saw a couple of highlights, but they were as good as you will ever see on a football field. And that is what captivated even fans like me that had not seen him before is the moves that he could make. The lateral movements at speed were just incredible. And he didn't play really in the hobby era that would have drawn a lot of attention. His final year was 1971. He was, from what I remember, he was a legend and he was young because he had to retire from injury so young. And he lived in the area most of the time and highly respected even for people that didn't see him play. I think he was, uh, at, at the point he got in the Hall of Fame, he was the youngest guy to get in the Hall of Fame because he, he retired so early and he really had a couple of unproductive years, his last couple of years where he was injured. But Dave, let me just say this. This is a sports card insight, is that when you're looking at players to invest in and uh, in football, and you see a guy that's done this great stuff for four or five years, and it, like you said, this amazing otherworldly cutting ability, is it a shock that now we look back and see that his knees were wrecked? Now, there's better surgery now, but some of these running backs that have this great cutting ability they're putting so much torque on their knees. I, I guess when I look at the highlights and I remember from back in that day, I just think, well, of course he had a knee injury because he was doing things on the field that nobody else was doing. He's still a couple hundred pounds at, at six feet and, and just turning on a dime, leaving people in the dust. So the sports card insight is some of these players that are so great that have this physical ability that requires this. It's like the basketball players. I wonder about Zion that he's one knee blowout and there's greater surgeries now, but these guys that are so outstanding in their ability to move, they're also susceptible to injury. And the- I always believe that if that injury happens in, you know, 2015, 2020, he's back on the field the next year. It, it just wasn't even anything that could be done at that time. And if I'm not mistaken, his injury was a contact injury. It wasn't the injuries like we see now, a guy going around the corner untouched and the knee just goes. But so many of those guys are able to come back it's a mystery to what could have or would have happened, one, without the injury, or two, with better health care in, for injuries like that back then. It's definitely unknown, but he's a unique situation in that way, in that he got into the Hall of Fame even with that short career because of how spectacular it was. And he's not treated as an exception in a negative way. He's respected as if that is a fully deserved Hall of Fame situation. I think there's some people with longer careers who have a much more questionable Hall of Fame status and his is, I could say unquestioned, even though it was only a few years of, uh, of greatness. Your first love, hockey. How many hockey players have had uh, devastating knee injuries and come back? And that's a big time contact sport. I, I don't hear that much where the hockey guys have really long careers. So maybe this is mainly a running back issue. And in, in hockey, you're not planting a foot and then having your body taken out over it. In hockey, you're, it's, it's an unstable surface. So in a way, that 
lessens the number of hockey injuries, but you'd have to get caught up in the boards or in a rut or in a really odd situation to have the type of knee injury that you could have in football. You love the Bears. Uh, the Bears have always been known, I think, more for defense. Even in the years of Sayers, that was an outlier in that he didn't have great quarterbacks that were noteworthy when he was there. I think he was the offense. They still haven't had a great quarterback since he was there. So. Well, but, but they've had some great defenses. Yes, you know, yeah, they, and middle linebackers to be specific. In particular, Dick Butkus, what a great deal to pick up Dick Butkus and Gail Sayers and have them parallel career track, at least for a few years. It still wasn't enough to, to give the Bears championships because I don't think they had the best guys around it, but pick up those guys, that was amazing. Yeah, when you think about it, a dominant player on each side of the ball, as good as there was in the league at that time. It's Yeah, it is amazing that they didn't accomplish more with those guys. Okay, so one of the episodes I've done in the past here, what if? So what if Gail Sayers doesn't get injured because Brian Piccolo doesn't die <laughs> and <laughs> well, is there as a fullback and the Bears draft a really good quarterback and Sayers doesn't get overused? He could just return punts and kicks, and he would have been Hall of Fame probably. The people it's listening to this cannot see the huge smile on my face, Jim, because that's just a fantasy for, for, for any Bears fan just to even think about. That's just, just amazing uh, just to think about without that injury, that career would have been in the same breath as Barry Sanders, in the same breath as Walter Payton. I mean, his career probably would have buttoned up with when Walter Payton came into the league or, or who knows. But what a uh, – and drafting a quarterback for the Bears, wow. Talk about uh, fantasy. <laughs> That could have been something special. The Brian song, did you, you remember seeing that? Absolutely, because that did come out a couple of years later, so I absolutely remember seeing that, and I've seen it many times since. Yeah, Gail Sayers, again, short career. I think he played seven years, but really the equivalent of about five seasons, and so his career stats can't look. And they were only playing 14-game seasons anyway, but he was injured those last – so about five seasons. So, like you said, that's a standard that other people can compare to, and what you're saying is – People say, you put together five seasons that great and then get a career-ending injury, and yes, we will consider you for the Hall of Fame. That's better than 10 mediocre seasons. Because he scored catching the ball. He scored returning punts and kicks. He, he scored as a running back. He was doing it all and doing it all spectacularly with creating a highlight reel like no other. People are listening to this who aren't familiar with him, man. Just give yourself five or 10 minutes on YouTube and your jaw will be on the keyboard. And I think... I can't say it's an advantage to play in a muddy field or in on, on actual turf. I guess you can, you're going to slip and slide. At least you know where you're going if you're the running back. But to be able to turn so quickly and change direction is, is just is because your foot gives a little bit on the turf, on the actual grass and the mud. But they're still trying to, they're still trying to, I won't say hurt you, but they're still trying to take you down. Yeah, what you're referring to is the, the Bears games of that era were played at Wrigley Field. And it seemed as though you're, it seemed as though most of the highlights of the field is not frozen. It's muddy. They seem to have some bad luck with rain in his career, but I don't know who they say the advantage goes to the defense. It didn't in his situation. He, he was successful in any type of condition. He also was very successful. You know, we have Roger Staubach down here in Dallas, who was also very successful moving into a post football career, although his football career started later, but then went to, until he was in his late 30s. But Sayers uh, jumped immediately into the corporate world and, and was uh, you know, very highly esteemed and very successful with, with a company that he started that did consulting for uh, a lot of big companies. That's, again, a, a, real, a real mark of distinction. Yes, he, he got right into it. He didn't disappear. He didn't uh, feel sorry for himself. 
and bringing it back to the hobby. He was he was always active in the hobby. He appeared at shows very often. He appeared at the national quite often. He he signed for card companies going all the way, I believe, all the way up to 2016 before his uh, condition started to decline. So he's he's a readily available signature. I don't think that you can find anybody that would talk negatively about a personal interaction with the man. And the comparison to Roger Staubach is a good one. For quality person. But yeah. do you think uh, Gail Sayers gets the, the hobby love, the hobby respect that he deserves? Or is it a little muted because of, surely it's better to have a, an outstanding career and then go out with an injury as opposed to, I don't think the hobby likes it if you retire too soon. Like Barry Sanders gets a little bit of a pass because he, he was he had a long career for a running back. Some of these other guys that, it, that just quit after after that many years, even though they had some all-pro seasons, I don't think the hobby likes that. True. And I think Sarah's career is unique in that he he didn't have any spikes or anything to really happen to drive a value or decrease the value. He didn't have any controversies, obviously. And his death was not when he was young. His Hall of Fame induction was not a surprise or, or and it was quickly really before the hobby was rookie investing was a major factor. So he was he's kind of been on a stable platform his whole hobby career because there's just there's certain things that happen to an athlete that make their cards move. And his you can't really say that about him and also about being somebody who had a long life and was active in the hobby. He had a lot of cards, a lot of autographs post career. It was not what you call a difficult autograph. And if you look at some of his prices and autographs and, and contrast that against the prices, the quantities that he has, there's no shortage, but they do still bring good money. Now, when it comes to his rookie, his 1966 Philadelphia rookie, his PSA eight, which is pretty much as almost as high as you're going to get, those go for around three grand. Now, you're, and is that getting the hobby love for a 1966 card? I'm thinking that's probably still a still a value. Now, if you have an eight five or a nine, which is you know virtually impossible, there's only a few of those. Yeah, those are pretty much you can ask your price. But I, I would say there's probably it's it's not that a, a lack of respect in the hobby, but I think there there could be some movement when you consider the age and the difficulty of that card in a high high grade. Well, I just remember back doing the price guides back in the day, and I don't know how involved you were with football as opposed to hockey and some others, but basically he's in lockstep in so many of the sets with Butkus. And yet Butkus went on for a very long career. But I mean, is he locked into where he's stuck with that, which is not a bad player to be stuck as a twin with somewhat, but he, he deserves to be evaluated in his own. I, th- <clears throat> yeah, I agree with you on that. And, and Butkus's rookie was a couple years prior. And really, I think that says something about, says more about Butkus than it does about Sayers because Butkus being a defensive player, you typically don't see the high values like that. And so I think that's really a more, a quality nod to Butkus rather than being a negative to Sayers. But you're right. They are quite similar in the values that seem to, to travel together. I don't know if that is fair. I would think that Sayers would, you'd expect his to be just a little bit higher at this point. Do you perceive that, again, just positive tone here, but do you perceive that, that Sayers was more appreciated in Chicago than even Butkus or, or about even? As a player. Well, <clears throat> even to, I, I, Butkus might have even been more of an icon because Butkus was mean and Butkus was powerful and made those hits that just made you say, Ooh, that's the, the Chicago mantra, the Grabowski personality as Ditka would call it. And he, he personified the image of that angry and mean defense that personifies Chicago. Sayers being more flashy and beautiful and, and graceful. That's not a Chicago quality. 
Well, not that it can't be appreciated. Butkus is, is they're making a statue of one. I think it's more Butkus than Sayers. But the typical Chicago bear smashes people, doesn't like make people right. miss them. And it may be why Devin Hester may have trouble getting in the Hall of Fame as a as an amazing returner. But otherwise, you got Richard Dent, Dan Hampton, Butkus, Singletary, Ditka. Those Urlacher. guys were an Urlacher. Those guys were feared, regardless yes. of which side of the ball they played on. Right. And of course, Walter Payton, who was sweetness. So that so maybe the parallel there is right. Peyton, who also was just a beloved and, and pretty amazing man as well. Yeah, Monsters of the Midway, that moniker does not fit Sayers. Or Peyton or Walter. Yeah, I just remember Bobby Douglas, and it's like in the neighborhood. My, my, my dad can beat up your dad. When the Bears had Bobby Douglas, their quarterback could beat up the other quarterback. Yeah. He was a yeah. big, tough guy. He couldn't throw very well, but he, he was tough. He, was, he could run, and there was no such thing as sliding then. He was Tim Tebow before there was a Tim Tebow with, I think, bad throwing mechanics. But I got to say, if you're you're in the NFL, then my hat's off to you. It's a tough game. Thanks, Dave Slipka. Thanks for uh, taking us back to Chicago for the glory days and and even before with Gail Sayers, who's passed away now at the age of 77 or 78 and and really a quality guy. So as Dave said, we just recommend that you Google it or or there may be biographies. There's certainly Wikipedia and other ways where you can dig a little deeper on on a guy that's was was pretty amazing. And just to think about what would have happened if he would have stayed healthy for 10 or 12, 15 years, he, he would have, he'd have every record. So uh, thanks everybody. Be back again tomorrow with another episode. The man